Welcome to this continuation episode to our part one of June 12th, how the Third Republic almost worked. So 25 years after the infamous annulment of the June 12th election, we have Nigeria's president declaring June 12th as the country's democracy day and awarding um, MK Abiola um, with the GCFR title. What does GCFR mean again? Grand Commander of the Federal Republic. Yes. It's the highest honor Nigeria can bestow on a mm. person. Alongside this award, he also offers an apology to the Abiola family on behalf of the nation. Uh, so, I, I must say that uh, while I support and I support that apology to the Abiola family, mm-hmm. I believe that a wider apology is owed f- by the government mm. to Nigerians as a whole mm. because the the cancellation of the June 12th election was not merely a personal uh, and the imprisonment of MK Abiola was mm. not merely a personal affront to the to Abiola and his family, mm. but it was also a disservice done to the nation. Our votes mm. were rendered null and void. Mm. Well, that that it's interesting that you bring up the votes because both national and international observers proclaimed that particular election to be free fair and credible and of course there was all of the drama that um, resulted or that ensued as a result of the annulment of that election now with the end of part one we said that with this episode we were going to talk about why this particular election um, uh, was so iconic was so important we said that we were going to talk about June 12th proper the um, incidents leading up to that day the incidents that occurred on that day and um, we were also going to talk about what um, and what that day what the events of that day has done for the democracy of Nigeria so we intend hopefully um, to talk about June 12, talk about what happened after the cancellations, talk about all the opposition towards the cancellation, talk about negotiations with the army, talk about um, Abiola himself and all of the positions that he had to shift. We're going to take this episode to a lot of places, so just stay with us. So let's start, um, Andy, with June 12 itself. Yes. Like we covered in the first part, uh, the June 12th, the presidential elections, mm-hmm. June 12th, 1993, mm-hmm. were going to be the first presidential elections in the Third Republic. Yeah. To select the Republic's first elected president. And... Uh, With a new breed of politicians, don't forget. Yes, new breed. But no, the new breed of politicians had taken part in the entire Third Republic. Mm. The Babangidas made the announcement for the new breed right at the beginning, like mm. in 86 or 87, mm. when the constitution was being written. He said... 
this time around, we're going to have a new breed of politicians. Mm-hmm. So he banned everybody who took who had taken part in the second or first republic. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it became a bit of an issue of um, interpretation. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, Rufus Ada George, mm-hmm. who became governor in the third republic, mm-hmm. some people said that he should have been banned, that he was an old breed politician yes. because he was secretary to the state government of River State mm-hmm. in, in the second republic. Exactly. But by the letter of the law, of, of the decree, he was not an elected officer okay. and he was not a member of cabinet technically because the SSG is not technically a member of cabinet, wow. even though they operate like one. So he got away on a technicality there, okay. and that's why he was allowed to contest. Yeah, someone's always calling me out for being technical. Yes, it's um, it's a it's a terrible trait shared <laughs> by dictators all over Nigeria, whether in um, whether in Rock or in podcasts. On June twelfth, we stand. <laughs> so, yes, I'm having my own act and pro democracy activist battle here with my dictatorial podcast partner. But uh, moving forward, so yes, June twelfth itself, like we covered in the first part, mm-hmm. um, the primaries that led up to the June twelfth election mm-hmm. were controversial mm-hmm. because, as usual, mm-hmm. IBB cancel the first primaries mm-hmm. and disqualify the first set of winners mm-hmm. and not just winners the first set of front front runners people that came second third fourth all just qualified mm-hmm. and that's what allowed Ab- abiola and tofa mm-hmm. to emerge the second time around yeah. and then they went and did their election and like you said observers for the elections were free fair and credible yeah. but as i i told you uh there were forces there were forces within the military and within the political landscape okay. that did not want Abiola to win. Hmm. So we have... Could it be because he sponsored some coups? Um, I think... I think not. I think, in fact, the fact that he had sponsored coups in the past, mm-hmm. and yes, um, if this is new information for this <laughs> podcast, uh, yes, um, Abiola probably sponsored the two previous coups. Mm. That is the coup that brought Babangida to power, mm-hmm. overthrowing Buhari, mm-hmm. and the coup that brought Buhari to power overthrowing the previous Second Republic. Yeah. Both seem to have been sponsored by Abiola in part. In part, yeah. And, uh, of course, the irony today is that Abiola, who sponsored um, the coup that overthrew Buhari mm-hmm. as a military man, mm-hmm. is now being honored by Buhari in his incarnation. Very poetic as, stuff. It is poetic, you know. It is. Uh, elections bring the, bring the poetry out mm-hmm. of politicians. Yeah. After all, we say we campaign in poetry and we govern in prose. Who says that? It's a state. It's a, it's a common saying in politics, uh, American politics mostly. Politicians campaign in poetry uh-huh. and govern in prose. Uh-huh. So um, Buhari has a campaign, a, a, an election coming up. Uh-huh. He's in campaign mode, uh-huh. and so he's doing some poetic stuff. He's doing all kinds of beautiful poetic, po- beautiful poetic things. Yeah. yeah, I mean Bashir has been arrested. Yes, it's amazing. Yeah, all of a sudden, yeah. um, corruption can can be seen and fought. Yes, all oh, of a sudden, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and um, people and oh, he in his last speech mm-hmm. he he named herdsmen by name as a menace and threatened them with you know um, the force of go- of the law. Chai. So all of a sudden, well, Chai. anyway, moving from one uh, head of state to, to another, ah, okay. uh, yeah. So IBB cancelled those elections and had these new ones, uh, but it should be pointed out. So I think we're going to do a little bit of a who done it here. Okay. Uh, let's do a little bit of an experiment. We're going to do what Nigerians like to do a lot of the time mm-hmm. when it comes to which is speculate. 
and well, people say that and they say it in a derogatory way, mm-hmm. like oh, what? Yeah, they're they're people, speculating. You're always speculating. You're always more hungry. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter is that because so much of Nigeria's critical history is still shrouded in secrecy mm-hmm. and mystery yeah. by the people who who made the decisions, because a lot of them are still alive, still alive, and you know, military. Still yes, disappear us. That's right. <laughs> so we are left oftentimes with speculation, mm-hmm. but informed speculation. Mm-hmm. So there are things that we have to consider. Mm-hmm. It's clear that IBB was it was not sure whether or not he wanted to leave office. Mm-hmm. He was not sure. It's clear. Yeah. Is it? Yes. Can we say that it was clear? He kept moving the goalpost. Well, he was moving it because he didn't find someone who was worthy. Someone who he could hand over to. We're saying the same thing. That doesn't say that it was clear he didn't want to leave office. Yeah, he didn't want to leave office because even if you're saying it's because he didn't find anybody worthy. He wanted to leave. He just didn't see someone to leave the office to. Which made him not want to leave. No, you're, 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 you're deliberately misunderstanding me. He wanted to leave. There was just no one amongst the... How many million were we at the time? According to the census at the time, 88 million, but we're probably way more than that. According to... So, so amongst the 88 million Nigerians at the time, Bapangida could not find one person, not one, who was worthy of that seat. And I think it's... We don't, we don't pay enough attention to how much this must have hurt Bapangida. Seriously. How terrible it must have been how hard yeah. it was for him yeah. to be combing through that many undeserving it's, unruly it's difficult. Nigerians I mean so don't say that he didn't want to leave or that it was clear he didn't want to leave he did want to leave it's difficult to find someone to hand over to especially when you've done such a brilliant job in wrecking the economy oh well moving forward uh, yes yes Babangida was one of those who helped wreck our economy while he was looking for a worthy successor. It's difficult. Do you know how expensive it is to search through 88 million people trying to find someone to hand over to? I'm actually hurt. Well, you you are ungrateful. You are. I am. I am. It's, it's, this is all very difficult for Sandra. You know, dictators always have um, a sense of like camaraderie. Okay, so, let's move on. Okay, <laughs> you see, yes, ma'am. Let's move on as ordered. <laughs> so, where were we? Uh, in prison. I uh, know. So yeah. So IVB. The question was always, why the delay? Mm. Why the hesitation? So the speculation was he didn't want to leave. Yeah. But apart from that, there was a general fear mm. among the soldiers, among mm. the military regime, mm. and. There was a fear from them, and then there was an expectation from the public mm-hmm. that whoever took over mm-hmm. the next civilian administration mm-hmm. was going to investigate the excesses of the military regimes. Mm-hmm. They were going to look into killings. They were going to look into embezzlement. Basically, probe the military. Probe the military. That was that was actually the language used at the time. Yeah. Probe the military. Probe the military. That was probe. Always being used, and I don't think I, it seems like um, Babangida did not want to be probed. Uh, he seemed to have some objections to that. And for whatever reasons, um, it seems that a lot of people in the military were concerned about Abiola's desire to probe them. Yeah. And they uh, and it was not held by the presidential debates. Mm. Presidential debates held before the election, mm-hmm. 
the question was asked. Mm-hmm. Are you, if you win the election, if you become president, will you probe the military? But he was dodgy with his answer. That's the problem. He was dodgy while the other candidate, Tofa, was clear. And he mm-hmm. said, no, he wouldn't probe the military. Abiola was not really... He was more ambiguous in his intentions towards the military. Yeah. He, he didn't leave the... He didn't say he was going to probe them. Did he infamously used some proverb. I'm trying to remember that proverb. He used the proverb. I can't. I cannot remember the proverb. Yeah. I can't remember the proverb. But he was famous for his proverbs, yeah. and they were actually all quite pretty good. Mm. But um, he didn't. He didn't say he was going to probe the military, but he also left the back door open to it. So, um, the. the back door. I so yeah. What did I? I didn't say a word. What did I say? <laughs> yes, continue. So. I think a lot of people in the military were not really keen on the idea of Abiola taking power. Mm-hmm. And we have some circumstantial evidence for this, actually. Mm-hmm. There was a letter purportedly written by Abiola okay. to Babangida okay. after the election mm-hmm. and after the cancellation. Mm-hmm. Remember that they were friends. Mm-hmm. They were very good friends for mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. And which was why Abiola funded two coups that Babangida took part in. The coup that overthrew the Second Republic, mm-hmm. Buhari's coup, mm-hmm. and brought Babangida himself to power. Babangida was instrumental for both. Shouldn't we be saying allegedly funded? Well, we could also say he was allegedly the winner of the election. If we can say he's won the election, we can also say what historians are pretty much in agreement about, that he had a hand in these things. In the coups. Yes, and I think, and I'm one of those people who believe that Abiola had redeemed himself so I can I can count him among the heroes. Hmm. Yeah, he redeemed himself because he was ready to pay the ultimate price, and he did. Hmm. So I'm at peace with pointing out his sins hmm. because he redeemed himself. Okay. So a lot of people. So anyway, so the letter there was a letter, and in the letter, um, Abiola was purported to have to ask Babangida not to listen to all those other voices that are whispering in his ear mm-hmm. and trying to make him doubt. Abiola's friendship to him ah. that he should remember their long friendship ah. and he should know that even that if he is given the office mm-hmm. even though Babangida is gone from the office mm-hmm. he'll be able to sleep with two eyes closed because he wasn't going to get it basically I'm not going to probe you so don't be afraid to hand over to me mm. and you know that letter was widely widely reported mm-hmm. and a lot of the people who had come around supporting Abiola at the time. A lot of the pro-democracy leaders from the southwest of Nigeria, his home region, mm-hmm. were not happy mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, it shows you that that's part of the circumstantial evidence we have that within the ranks of the military, there was opposition, s- opposition because of a fear that he would probe the military. Mm-hmm. So that's one. Then we also have a little piece of another piece of circumstantial evidence mm. that the issue with with the issue with June 12 was not just with oh the military doesn't want to hand over in general okay. it was that they didn't want to hand over to Abiola because after the whole debacle they set up the um, the, the military under Babangida mm-hmm. decide to get into talks with the two parties mm-hmm. to figure out a way forward mm-hmm. and they start to discuss and they decided okay you know what the because the elections were in June and the military was scheduled to hand over on August 27th. Uh-huh. So all sides agreed that the military should not stay beyond August 27th. Okay. So the question now is, without a presidential election, what happens? How do you hand over when there's no president? Uh-huh. So 
one of the compromises and one that was finally agreed on, upon was what was called an interim national government, which would be set up by representatives from the two political parties. They just nominate and they bring those people together and then have some sort of president also appointed who will oversee the whole thing. And the military will hand over to those guys on August 27th and leave. And then those guys could figure out the problem. So you see, at that point, the, the civilians were all just in, the politicians were all just in, let the military go. Mode. Yeah. Let the military anything, hand over anything. anything. You could have brought out a goat. <laughs> and they, would have, they would have told me to hand over to that goat. Yeah. Just as long as that goat did not have a uniform. Yeah. That was pretty much the state they were in. Yeah. And in that state, some of them said, look, you know what? Since we've agreed to this international government mm-hmm. and the figurehead um, president mm-hmm. over it, how do you just bring Abiola to be that figurehead? And then goes and then we do something else. Mm. And the military said, no, not Abiola. Why? That's my question. If the military were alre- had already agreed, one, that they were going to hand over power in a month, because mm-hmm. it was in July, mm-hmm. they've agreed to hand over power in a month, so mm-hmm. it can't be about, oh, we want to stay in power. Mm-hmm. They've agreed to a civilian appointed, mm-hmm. so it can't be that, oh, it has to be a military man in charge. Mm-hmm. But when asked to hand over to Abiola, they say, no, not him. You can only interpret that as a personal issue. What was the issue? That's what some people say. It's because he wanted, they felt he wanted to probe the military. What's that? With a little, like, what? Because not everybody wants to be probed, and especially in a political setting, it's not a good thing because um, you dig up stuff hmm. that should not have been dug up, and they didn't want to go to jail. Things smell. When you dig stuff up, they smell. Moving on from this analogy, uh, yeah, so basically it's clear that it was a personal issue and the most likely reason is they were not sure they could trust him to not to come after them so that's but again these things are shrouded in mystery and secrecy and those men those military men Abacha is dead IBB is dead but he's not going to talk Augustus Aikumu who was the second in command is dead Mm -hmm. and most of those rest the remain of the military men Akilu and all them are not going to talk Mm -hmm. they are never going to say why they really did it or they will write a my watch like a passenger yeah and you know how those and books always lies. are yes <laughs> so um <laughs> so that's how that's how we ended up basically that's where we ended up uh but the interesting story is how we got there how we got to that point of the interim national government mm. as soon as the elections were annulled mm-hmm. like i said as soon as the elections were annulled, mm-hmm. um, IBB immediately said, look, we're going to have fresh elections. Mm-hmm. All the candidates who were disqualified from the first primary mm-hmm. are free to contest again. He did that to kill support for this election huh. because he wanted all the top politicians to come back out. To come back out, And he knew that he hoped that their ambition to become president mm-hmm. would lead them Outweigh to... their support the, for, for the election. Mm. So, of course, immediately, the NRC, the party that had probably lost to Abiola mm-hmm. were all for the cancellation at yeah, first they were like okay okay let's oh at first yeah at first they're like yeah let's work with whatever's coming next okay the SCP was not so sure they were like no we won the election mm-hmm. let's go forward mm-hmm. so there was that d- division even people like Yaradua who people thought well now Yaradua has been given a free road to win the election mm-hmm. Yaradua said no he's still going to contest any other election under SDP SDP has already won mm-hmm. with Abiola mm-hmm. so he's standing with Abiola mm-hmm. yeah why I think at that point, people like Yaradua mm-hmm. suspected that Babangida and Kudi don't want to leave. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And they knew that if they lent credibility to a new election, mm-hmm. it would be a good reason for the military to extend their stay or mm-hmm. do whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But they wanted to force the issue and end it. So when it became clear to the military that the political leaders were not going to agree to a fresh election, mm-hmm. that's when they, they now brought up the idea of the interim national government. And that idea had more support from both parties. But the, they wanted Abiola. Some people wanted Abiola. But the military said, absolutely not. That's a deal breaker for us. Hmm. So, in the end, the international, interim national government, um, when there were negotiations for that, Abiola's party, the SDP, you know, they tried to make sure that they had some of the key positions. Hmm. It should be noted, like I pointed out to you, Abiola was writing letters to IBB mm-hmm. and was also moving around the country trying to get a hold of IBB. Mm-hmm. He was also in talks with General Sani Abacha, okay. who was in many ways the third in command in mm-hmm. the country, but really more powerful than the second in command. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Abacha was IBB's right-hand man. They had planned all their coups together, come up the ranks together, and Abacha was one of the powers behind the power. Mm-hmm. And so as Abiola was lobbying Babangida, IBB, he mm-hmm. was also lobbying Abacha mm-hmm. to help him keep his mandate or get his mandate mm. because at this time again we have to remember civilians had never overthrown a military government That's right. you get to power with the help of the military That's right. so Abiola was still thinking about it in those terms mm. in that context the military are the ones even running this election mm. the military have been the ones disqualifying and requalifying people mm-hmm. they are the only people that can give me this mandate they hold the card they hold the card so he was he was working with them. So at this point, it was not yet an us versus them or democracy against the military issue. Mm. It was still political football yeah. being played. Yeah. And that was kind of what led to things like the interim national government. So at what point did it become us versus them? After the ING, the interim national government. Because mm. ING was set up, Abiola half lent his way to it and half opposed it. Okay. He brought candidates, he brought people, he made sure that his party got some of the best positions and mm-hmm. then he made sure Abacha was made Minister of Defense mm. in the international government. Mm-hmm. So Abacha was pretty much the only member of the military top rank mm-hmm. who did not retire. Mm-hmm. All the others, IBB and all the others mm-hmm. were forced to retire and leave office. Mm-hmm. But Abacha stayed on as Minister of Defense in the new international government. Was this around the time that um, there was a, a, a Babangida Moscow campaign? Yes, the Babangida Moscow campaign started once the election was cancelled. Oh. People realized and were like, look, this man doesn't want to go. He keeps on delaying this thing oh. and now he's cheating us and all. So there was a whole movement. Yeah. And as that movement grew, and as the unrest continued, and as the politicians did not like buy into his new election idea, mm-hmm. the tide started turning against Babangida. Mm-hmm. And in the military, the military, the guys behind him, mm. withdrew support from him and forced him. And they said, you know what, it's time for us to go. Mm. And so they moved and they basically pushed the issue of the ING. The only thing they said was it can't be Abiola in, 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 at the head of it. So, what was it about this particular election? So, I mean, there's been a ton of other cancellations, and the politicians were fine with it. What was it about this particular one that made them be all like, yeah, no, enough? I think it was a combination of things. One, there was some of them for the Sunday was just the last straw. Yeah. That's just like a straight up thing that, oh, we've endured this much we're done now. Yeah. For some of them, it was that. Mm-hmm. Actually, because it was... And you know, something happens when something is so close to the deadline. Yeah. 
previous cancellations and things mm-hmm. had ha- had been far ahead of time. Yeah. But this was June twelfth, mm-hmm. and the, and the timetable said that Babangida was handing over on August twenty seventh. So this was less than two months away. Yeah. So to start cancelling and redoing election looked like an excuse to postpone. Yeah. And the civilians were no longer having it. They were like, no. What gave them the balls? I think this is my own take. Shehu Musa Yaradua gave them the balls. Yaradua and Obasanjo. Because if you remember, uh okay. The only people who had ruled Nigeria mm-hmm. up until that time, apart from like Shagari, mm-hmm. who was a, mili- a civilian, were all military men. That's right. You know, and most of them were either dead or out of commission. Mm-hmm. The first military head of state, Gowon, was had been away. He had been in exile for years. Mm-hmm. Babangida had just brought him back a couple of years before, mm-hmm. so he was no longer a player politically. Mm-hmm. His successor, Murtala Muhammad, was dead, mm-hmm. assassinated. Mm-hmm. His successor, Obasanjo, mm-hmm. and his second in command, Yaradua, mm-hmm. had handed over power. So they were the, like the biggest military retired generals mm-hmm. still standing. Yeah. And they had a lot of clout and power and pull in the military, mm-hmm. in the current military. Mm-hmm. And both of them stood up against the cancellation of the election. Why? Because they wanted IBB gone. And because they saw it as IBB didn't want to go. Mm. They saw it in those terms and they wanted him out of there. So once Obasanjo Yaradua stood up, and they, you know, the way the military works in Nigeria, even after they retire, they have a lot of loyalty from those who are still under, who are still serving there, who were under them before. So a lot of those IBB IBB boys, IBB. were loyal to these other players. Yes. Mm. So the pressure and historian after historian will tell you that IBB was encountering pressure from within the military. And he realized that the seat was too hot for him, so he had to leave. Okay. So, handed over to the interim government. Yes. Hmm. Handed over. And the interim government was dead on arrival. Ah. Because it didn't have the full support of the political class. And it didn't have the support of the military. Why, Why didn't he have the support of both parties? Um, well, because, okay, first of all, Abiola was undermining it. Okay. Abiola still wanted to be president. Of course. So Abiola was publicly calling for the for the government to be overthrown. Mm-hmm. Um, the government itself was not being given recognition internationally. Was it Shonikan? Yeah, Enes Shonikan was the interim president. Mm. He was not being given full recognition internationally. In fact, during the time that the international government was in place, there was a Commonwealth conference mm-hmm. where the heads of government were supposed to be there. Shonikan was going there. Mm-hmm. And there was actually, outside of Nigeria, mm-hmm. a lot of agitation for Abiola to go. Wow. And it, it seemed clear at the time. I think Emeka Nyoko was still the Commonwealth Secretary General, okay. but it seemed clear that if Abiola were to get a contingent together mm-hmm. and go to the Commonwealth, he would have been recognized. He would have recognized and sat, and they would not have sat Shoniko. Hmm. You know, like the international community was taking an interest in our election, yeah. interest in our handover, yeah. and they were very sympathetic to Abiola at the very beginning. Hmm. But Abiola and he, a lot of people who were around him mm. did not really see the value of that initially. Mm. They were still look, operating within the context of Nigerian politics up until that point, mm. which said that the military always had the final say. 
What was it about Abiola that had Nigerians rallying around him? I mean, yeah, sure, businessman, philanthropist, but we all also heard all the other dark stories, you know. So what was it about this guy? Well, the truth of the matter is that every politician had dark stories being told about them, mm. both true and false. Mm. And those stories were always remote. Mm. But Abiola's impact as a philanthropist mm -hmm. was not remote. It was mm. direct. People could say, oh, I know in that village, Abiola did like this. Mm. I know that in that university, Abiola donated 500,000 to that university. Oh, so you, people could, they were tangible, were tangible things. things. His positives were tangible. Mm. His negatives were vague mm. and fantastic and fantabulous. And <laughs> they were the same negatives that every other politician shared. Mm. Oh, he's doing ritual. Oh, he's doing this. Those are stories you hear about every politician. So, yes, you hear those things about every politician. So, you don't really... You get to the point where you just take it as background noise. You don't even, you're not even able to determine whether it's true or false. Okay. So, that's why. So, Abdullah had net positives. Okay. So, the international community liked him. Yes. Here in Nigeria, he was well-liked. He was well-liked. and People there was wanted him. Yes, they wanted him. And then the fact that... After he, law, uh, he won the election, it was being cancelled, but yet him and a few people were still standing on the issue. Then the democracy groups uh, started springing up, and then the civil liberty civil groups, society. civil society groups rather, mm -hmm. took it up and were campaigning for it, for the, for the election. They were protesting against the cancellation. Mm -hmm. So there was this whole movement, and then all of a sudden, you know, um, Nigerians who are used to a military government, mm -hmm. a very um, threatening, imposing military government, now, we're just coming from White Brigade era. Exactly. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you see a civilian like Shoniko. Mm. And we don't know him. They just brought him and made him. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it looks like this one, we can shake him. You know? <laughs> you know, that's, that's the natural feeling. So, I'm push him. Yes. Come on from there. What's your only there? Your brother, position, you won't collect your brother. Come on, get out. So, <laughs> So there was like anger and hostility towards Shoneko. Like, yeah. which did they do there? You're a betrayer. You know, there was there was all that. Yeah. So his government was so unpopular. And so eventually, General Sani Abacha, the Minister of Defense, mm. steps in mm. and just removes Shoneko. Mm. Bloodless coup. Nobody was killed. Just mm. removed him from office and took over. Mm. And initially, the response to that was divided. Some people said, no, we don't want the military back mm. for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Go away, bring it, bring Abiola back, whatever it is, or even we'll manage Shoneko until we solve the issue with Abiola. Because mm -hmm. you should remember that a lot of the politicians from mm -hmm. the two parties who agreed mm -hmm. to the ING, mm -hmm. to Shoneko taking over from Babangida, mm -hmm. did it just so the military can go. That's right. They felt that they could resolve the Abiola issue better once the military was out of the there. picture. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. We're talking to their fellow civilian. Yeah. But, so, Abiola, I'm sorry, Abacha coming, coming, mm -hmm. bringing the military back. They were like, no, no, this is not what we wanted. Mm. But then people like Abiola were very silent because mm. Abiola seems to have thought that Abacha was doing this for him. Uh. That Abacha was going to overthrow Shoneko. And install him. Yeah, after ruling small, just mm. as his own, you know, mm. his own payment. Chop small. I mean, just chopping just taste stamp mm. because he has been there doing coup after coup. If I doubt that, that's one of the stories we heard at the time, one of these changes that, that Abena Abacha, when Abiola went to talk to Abacha about mm. the coup, and um, Abacha said to him, okay, I'll do this thing for you. Mm. But see, eh, since 1970 something, I, 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 I don't they plan cool. <laughs> I, I do this one, I overthrow this one, mm. I overthrow this other one, I put this one there, I put this Where one there. That's just the story we heard. 
I, I and I preface this because it's not history anymore. <laughs> this is rumor. I'm just telling you what we heard. Yes, there's so many of these things. So I said, look, let me just rule small. Even if it's six months, mm. this is I've given people to eat. Let me just taste it. Let me just just let it just touch my mouth. Let me mm. oil touch my mouth. Mm-hmm. And Abiola is a fair man. Mm. She said, okay, yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. So, but to show it's when he ended, say, but to show you that I'm serious about our deal. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm head of state, mm-hmm. Abiola, come bring me some of your core your followers. Yeah. Let me make them put them inside government mm-hmm. so that your people too will feel a sense of assurance. Yeah. Abiola said, sure. So, assurance. Exactly, assurance. So Abiola brought, like for instance, his running mate, Baba Gana Kingibe. Yeah. And Abacha made him Minister for Foreign Affairs. Uh, he brought other people, like Baba Tope, he brought so many of them. And I, but see what that what what that what that led to was people observing this mm-hmm. were like okay Abiola is with Abacha yes and it's like Abiola has permitted Abacha to take the mandate yes so that sort of took a bit of the steam out of June twelfth mm-hmm. because that means if the man himself will we fight for. for has accepted that he will be in an election. I will go kill us. So, yes. So, that, like, killed a lot of the support. Mm. And that was what Abacha was banking on. Huh. And then, down the line, um, as Abiola saw more and more that his support base was leaving him, mm-hmm. that the whole issue was being died, and that Ab- Abacha was betraying him. Because mm-hmm. Abacha, remember, like we said, mm-hmm. every other elective position had been filled. Mm-hmm. They were, we had elected local government councillors, mm-hmm. elected LG local government chairmen. We had elected um, state houses of assembly mm-hmm. legislatures. Mm-hmm. We had elected state governors. Mm-hmm. We had an elected national assembly, two houses, House of Reps and Senate. Yeah. Everything we had except for a president and a president. vice president. Yes. And then now we now had, first we had Shunekon at that level. Yeah. And then when Shunekon was removed, now Abacha yeah. was a military head of state. Mm-hmm. With overseeing elected people at every other level. That's right. In November. That must be. <laughs> that must have been interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he ruled like that from November of '93, mm-hmm. and then in March of '94, he dissolved it. He just dissolved it. He just got rid of every elected person mm-hmm. and put military people in their place, and that was that. And at that point, it became clear that this man has no intention of handing over to anybody. He has no intention of restoring democracy. We're He's in it for him. To square one. We're back to square back to 1985. Yeah. That was basically the end of the Third Republic when Abacha did that. Because hmm. everything that had been done before that point was hmm. now gone. Constitution was suspended. The Republic was dead. How did we go from there to Abiola going to jail? At that point, Abiola realized he had been deceived. Hmm. So he now started agitating again. Hmm. But you see, he had lost a lot of momentum, yeah. a lot of support. At that point... Lost goodwill. Lost too. goodwill. And he had lost supporters. Because a lot of his supporters were now working with Abacha. Yeah. And when he now told them, okay, come out, the Oga don't vex. They, they said, no, see you, Oga hell. Where the job? <laughs> that was it. People like Baba Gana Kengibe stayed on. Mm-hmm. That's why some people are not pleased that as President Buhari gave... Um, Abiola the GCFR honor. He also gave Kingi Bay mm. his running mate the GCON honor. Yeah. Many people say for the fact that when Abiola was ready to resist Abacha, yeah. that Kingi Bay did not come back to the fold. Yeah. That Kingi Bay relinquished his rights to being honored. Yeah. Some people say that. Are you one of those people? I am one of those people. Okay. But anyway, so they move forward. Abiola at that point realized he had been deceived. He told all his supporters to come out of the government. Most did not. Um, 
he started running around trying to gather um, international support international again. and local support mm -hmm. declared himself president yes I and, remember that and left the country mm -hmm. and now started doing all the things that they wanted him to be doing from the time of the Commonwealth Conference yeah. trying to go and present himself abroad as the president of Nigeria yeah. to get international support and the international support was no longer as forthcoming as it was before was water, and also they had seen that he had been willing to play ball with the military yes so they're like we're not going to stick our neck out this time because we don't know that we can trust you yes and so he had to go prove himself and so he came back to Nigeria hmm. and um declared himself president again hmm. and was arrested like I decided to play with you <laughs> Abacha, Abacha was a serious man yeah Abacha was a serious man yeah so he jailed Abiola and that's where we see Abiola redeeming himself hmm. in his declaration of himself as president okay. his willingness to come back and fight for that mandate okay. then getting through in prison and what he did after he went to prison mm -hmm. we see him redeem himself it is now famous that Abiola was granted bail mm -hmm. on condition that he no longer made public statements political statements as like, president as any, in any form ah. and Abiola rejected the bail Hmm. He rejected the bail, stating that he had a mandate from the people of Nigeria mm -hmm. to be their president. Mm -hmm. And if claiming that mandate meant he was going to be imprisoned by an illegal government, mm -hmm. he would take that imprisonment. Hmm. And. Ngawa. Yeah. <laughs> and he stayed. He stayed in prison. He could have walked out. He could have walked out at almost any time, but he refused to, claiming that mandate. And a lot of people rallied around that. Even people who had given up on him before. Yeah. When they saw what he was willing to do. Mm. And then you have people then... He was not the only one who went to prison at this time. Mm. Um, the two men, the two military men, mm -hmm. who I said were the biggest, the most important military retired generals at the time. The Very former head of state. Obasanjo. Yes, former head of state, Obasanjo, mm -hmm. and his former second-in-command, Yaradua, mm -hmm. were both imprisoned as well. Yes, Abacha claimed that they were, there was a coup being plotted against him Probably and was. that um, they were behind the coup. Probably was. Probably uh, actually, true. evidence suggests not. Evidence suggests that it was... We, that's why in our history we call it the phantom coup. Hmm. It seems like he just made it up <laughs> and arrested them by virtue of the coup. Well, better to prevent. Prevention but, is better than cure. Right, yeah, I think Abacha was a big believer in that. Yeah. So he was like, well, I don't like the way they're looking at me, so let's just say they're playing a coup. <laughs> so he locked them up and tried to kill them in prison. Hmm. Um, it seems like Yardua was assassinated in prison, poisoned. Mm -hmm. um, it seems that an attempt was also made to poison Abacha, but it didn't work. Mm -hmm. So Yardua died in prison. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the end of his chapter. Mm -hmm. Nigerian history, a very long chapter that starts with murder and ends with murder. Yeah, but that's a conversation we're going to have another day. Because yes. I see that you're itching to have that conversation. Oh, not here. I'm just, I just have to keep, I just, I like to point these things out because when we're pointing them out in their context as fighting for democracy, yeah. we also have to point out their antecedents. I mean, but I mean, why talk about the bad? We can always focus on the good. We do. If we don't talk about the bad, we don't learn. But anyway, moving forward. Mm. Moving forward. So, 
and they were not the only ones. Other people were going in and out of prison. Yeah. People like Gani Fawimi, yeah. people like Tai oh, Shola, people like Tai Sholari, yes. people like Bekon Rasom Kuti. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of them going in and out of prison at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, then even and most of them was for their fight for democracy. Mm-hmm. But of course, you also had people who were being political prisoners who were being sent for sent to prison, not because of any issue regarding democracy per se, but human rights in general, environmental rights. People like Ken Taro, we were right. were also thrown in prison by Abacha, mm. Abacha, and then there were people who were getting assassinated straight up, yeah. assassinated in in the open. Um, people like um, MQ Abiola's wife, yeah. Kudirat Abiola who took up the mantle and was really campaigning for her husband's release and recognition as president. Mm-hmm. She was shot dead. Uh, there were many others who were killed like that. Didn't so, she die in 92? No, no. Kudra died. Um, I can't remember the precise year, but she died under Abacha's regime. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So, so, a lot of um, imprisonment, a lot of deaths. Yes. And finally... Well, and finally, what we see is um, Abacha now said, you know what... I'm going to also do my own handover transition to elected, democratically elected government. Oh, God. Yeah, the whole thing starts again. He's like, everybody come and form parties. Oh, and put yourself in the shoes of politicians who have been doing IBB's transition from 1987 to 1983. <laughs> and then, sorry. People who had lost money mm-hmm. when the first set of parties mm-hmm. were brought out mm-hmm. and were cancelled mm-hmm. and replaced by his two parties. Mm-hmm. People who had grown in primary after primary mm-hmm. seen cancellations and disappointment mm-hmm. people who had gone to elections and seen annulment mm-hmm. people had seen the whole thing even those who had managed to win yeah. and had been in office or whatever it is saw all of that just bam, removed in one day in March by Abacha and then he now says let's start again mm-hmm. so many of the established politicians mm-hmm. who belong to those his, those families mm-hmm. those political families that I pointed to mm-hmm. that trace themselves from all the way from the first republic mm-hmm. did not take part say your father they said no we're not we're done with this <laughs> We're done with this. But a few did. A few did. Especially, um, like Demola points out, like some of the people kept on saying, they were not his thread on Twitter, okay. that in 1997, mm. a lot of politicians like told themselves the story that, look, Abiola was elected in 1993. Mm. Even if Abiola had been president, mm. his term would expire in 1997. Mm. We're in 1997 now. Yeah, so, so, June 12th is no longer an issue. <laughs> Me, I want to be president too now. Now, Abiola, your, your term has ended. Mm. doesn't matter that you never were sworn in, that you've been in prison for your whole term. But your first term is over. Your first term is over, so we're all coming to run against you now. <laughs> so, the, many politicians use that as an excuse to get back in. Yeah. And so, Abia, um, Babangi, um, Abacha, Abacha had his five political parties and all the politicians were running in. And we had elections in quotes mm-hmm. for Senate and for other positions. Mm-hmm. These elections were not really competitive. Mm-hmm. It was more Abacha and his cronies selecting people. Mm-hmm. Okay, you will go to Senate. You will go here. Mm-hmm. You This party will have five. You This party will have three. Mm-hmm. And that's how they did it. Which is the beginning of our writing results, yeah. which we see a lot in our Fourth Republic. Yeah. It looked increasingly like all the five political parties were going to make him their presidential candidate. Wow. Yes. Abacha was m- m- more shameless <laughs> than IBB. Okay. IBB, had, IBB was a bit delusional, you could say. Okay. IBB felt that he, there was a way he could... Um, Keep going. Keep going. And, you know, people just get tired. Yes. Yeah. And he could hold on to power mm-hmm. and yet not be the bad guy. Yeah. He was not like an Octavia. 
of sorts. Yes, yes, yes. A the, delusional Octavian. Yeah, delusional Octavian, yes. He wanted to be hailed as a liberator mm-hmm. and a Democrat mm-hmm. without having to be a Democrat, without having to hand over to the Ukraine elected government. Mm-hmm. But he also did not have... He really wanted to come and do a Jerry Rawlings mm-hmm. and, like, remove his uniform mm-hmm. and wear Agbada and mm-hmm. come out and be elected. Mm-hmm. But he wanted to do it in a controlled environment where he ran the election. Mm-hmm. But he didn't have the mind to do that. Yes. To face all those politicians yes. and say, with my chest, I want to come and be the one that takes over this thing from myself. Because you know that they all like shouts. And he didn't want to be painted his, in history as a bad guy. Yeah. But Abacha did not have those qualms. Yeah. Abacha did not send. Abacha said, with my chest, I admit that I'm a dictator. And I shall be your president. And I will be your president. But what I'm going to do is... Would you say it in an Asa accent? I don't want to, like, muddy those waters. Okay. But I will. what I'll do is I will use Abacha's facial expression as I'm saying. They're this. not seeing your facial expression. No, you are. Uh, yeah, so... What yeah, his lips were always turned downwards like this. <laughs> Just had this look. People already say I laugh too much. I've tried to not laugh. (laughs) God, this should be on video. (laughs) That's how I always like flipped around. Like, you could just imagine him saying, Yeah, kill that one. (laughs) Yeah, lock him up, (laughs) shoot him in the street. Okay, let's win. Let's move (laughs) on, please. So he was like, Yeah, I'm gonna. I want to be civilian president after myself as military president. Yeah. So I want you to do a campaign. Mm-hmm. I want a nationwide campaign mm-hmm. begging me mm. to stay on as civilian. Mm. So let it not be that it's my will. Mm. Let it be the people's that will. clamored for me. The people clamored. So that's where clamoring started. Yes, from. it is where clamoring started. It started with Abacha. Abacha is quite revolutionary. Yes, he imp- he imp- he he changed the political culture. Yeah. For the worse. Yeah. But yes, his his imprint on the Nigerian political culture is undeniable. Yeah, um, non non competitive elections where people know the results beforehand mm-hmm. and nobody wants to lose. Because mm-hmm. that was the other thing he was promising those people who were taking part in his transition mm-hmm. that look, you won't lose money mm. because you will know ahead of time if you're the candidate if you're going to win the election or, or not. not yeah. And so if you're not going to win, you can just play like you know just make all the right noises yeah. and they enter your house with your money intact, yeah. which is a lot of thing that still happens to today. In a lot of Nigerian elections, but then also this thing of clamoring. So you had these groups, like one of them, the biggest one was called YEAA. Yeah, Um, it's an acronym for Youths Earnestly Asking Abacha. Uh, They were the youths and were earnest. I remember, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think that's the Usher song you remember. (laughs) I don't think it's the political campaign. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Very earnest. Yeah, we're earnestly. Like when asking. youths want to ask for stuff, it's earnestly, really earnestly done. Earnestly asking a bacha. Yeah. These we are not the disingenuous youths. No, we are not youths disingenuously asking for a bacha. No. We are earnestly asking, please, sir, save us. Continue to rule us. Loot our money. We, you need it better than we do. Yeah, uh, more than we do. And hey. He the money has been making returns. The money he looted, exactly. he keeps coming back. Investment. Yes. So they w- they would have all these rallies in various states, mm. and they would have all these state visits, mm-hmm. asking Abacha to rule mm-hmm. or asking governors to ask Abacha, mm-hmm. going to meet traditional rulers to beg the traditional rulers mm-hmm. to go and beg Abacha mm-hmm. to stay on. Mm-hmm. And they were planning like a million man march mm-hmm. in a- in Abuja. In fact, they executed their so called million man march. It wasn't a million men, mm-hmm. but it was a big number of people. That they bust around, they bust 
to Abuja. So that's where that started as well. Hiring crowds. Yes, rented crowds started with Abacha as well. Abacha is quite the revolutionary. He is an unintentional revolutionary because yeah. it led to something else. What? When those um yeah and other such groups were doing that march, mm-hmm. they brought a lot of people from rural parts of the Niger Delta. Mm-hmm. They brought them or those youths to Abuja. Mm-hmm. And all those youths had never left the Niger Delta before. Mm-hmm. And they got to Abuja and said, is this the same country? Mm-hmm. There are parts of Nigeria that are this beautiful. Mm-hmm. Why is this place so beautiful and our place not? Mm-hmm. And they said, no, no, this is not oil money. Now they do this one. They said, this same oil that is coming out of our backyards mm-hmm. is what did this. And the activism that later came to inform groups like the Ijo Youth Council and other groups such youth groups in the Niger Delta, mm. a lot of it was born from the marches in Abuja and the for realization, Abacha. yes, for Abacha. So Abacha sowed the seeds that led to the Niger renewed ag- yes, militancy and apart from the militancy, the agitation for resource control mm. was sowed then. So even as he was killing Sarawiwa, mm. he who was a peaceful, non-violent um, activist he for was these things. Birthing a radical wing. Yes, without realizing it. Hmm. So yeah, so yeah, led to that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. so it looked increasingly yeah. like yeah would have their way, that the youths earnestly asking Abacha to to rule mm-hmm. or to stay on would be answered by an equally earnest Abacha, mm-hmm. reluctantly. Of course. Agree. You know, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it. But, but see, they can't see your face. Stop seeing your face. All of you yet. want me to stay. Oh, God. What can I do? <laughs> I must stay. Okay. And save my country. But unfortunately, the God said no. Mercy said no. What was Mercy her name? I don't know. Uh, yeah, because Abacha died <laughs> in June of 1998. Because he dropped Mercy dead. Mercy said no. It's Mercy her name. <sighs> Mm, because the the story being that Abacha died in the company of one or more ladies, mm-hmm. um, one of them called Mercy, possibly. No. Mm-hmm. Well, she said yes, and then said no. But yeah. Either way, but Abacha died. Yes. And uh, may he so rest in peace. No, may it burn in hell. That's <laughs> uh, all, father. So well. And husband. Hitler was someone's husband. I don't. I mean. Yeah, I mean, look. Not not saying that an afterlife exists or not, but um, people like Abacha who escaped this world without punishment Deserve for what they did should not be allowed to rest in peace if that's an option mm, yeah. Yeah, after death. But anyway, mm. so Abacha died. There was massive celebration across the country mm. and in the diaspora. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm one of those who believe that Abacha dying was the only thing that stopped him from becoming a civilian president. Mm. There would have been no resistance to him. Mm. But he died. And the new government took Abu over. Bakar. Yes, Abdul Salam Abubakar, his second in command, mm-hmm. after some deliberation, took over as head of state. Mm-hmm. So the question I became well, look, the way is open for Abiola. Because immediately, Abdul Salam said, I do not intend to stay in power. They all said that. They all do. And he said it, and he said, I want to hand over to civilians. Mm-hmm. And he gathered all the civilians, and he was like, Look, that's all the political leaders. They said, look, how can we do this thing as fast as possible? Mm. I want to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them were like, well, well Abiola, let's bring up Abiola. Mm. And the military was still not having it. This was Why? five years Why? after June 12th. Why? 
again, like I keep on saying, it's clearly something personal yeah. because they're willing to hand over to any other civilian. Anybody but Abiola. Anybody but Abiola. Why? And that is why I believe, one, they believe that he was going to probe them. They believe that. And even if, and I think, if you can look at it from a human point of view, mm-hmm. before they imprisoned him mm. for four years, mm-hmm. they thought he was going to probe them. Mm-hmm. And now that he's gone to prison for four years, he definitely gone probe you. Yes, <laughs> the military did not want Abiola. Yeah, uh, Abiola kept getting visits in prison, telling him to give up his mm-hmm. mandate. Uh-huh. Jesse Jackson came and met him. Um, the UN Secretary General came and met him. Emekanyoko, former Commonwealth Secretary, came and met him. Yeah, he just glossed over the person that you have a crush on. It's all right. Keep going. Ooh. I have a question, Jesse Jackson. No, no, no. What, uh, Miss Rice? Oh no, no, no. That's Susan Rice. Yes. No, no. I don't have a crush on her. I have a crush on Condoleezza Rice. Oh. The big Rice, the Republican Rice. Oh, sorry, my bad. On the Democrat Rice. Okay. The Republican Rice. Okay. Yeah, you know who, Professor Condoleezza Rice. Please, sorry. Please give her her title. Respect. Yes, we respect on her name. Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. So Susan Rice and others came and saw him as well, mm-hmm. and they were all trying to convince him of one thing: mm-hmm. to let go of his claims to the presidency. Mm. And the man said no. Abiola said no. I was elected, mm-hmm. and I have gone to prison to for it. I refused to come out of prison unless I was given what was due me. Mm-hmm. I was I was given a chance at freedom in exchange for. Relinquishing it, abdicating it, and I rejected it. Mm-hmm. That was when Abacha was alive. Mm-hmm. Now I have outlived the man. Mm-hmm. I'll be damned if I'm going to give it up now. Mm-hmm. So he just refused, and just as he was refusing, he also died. They gave him some tea. This is why you shouldn't drink tea with strangers. I want to say that something terrible happened to this nation. In those years of Abacha, something terrible and sinister. Mm. Because you see those three deaths mm. the death by probably poison mm. of Shilya Hardware in prison, mm-hmm. you see the death of Abacha, mm-hmm. probably by poisoning, mm-hmm. and it's the death of Abiola, probably by poison also, mm-hmm. and lends credence to the belief that there was some sort of ring mm-hmm. operating answering to powerful people in government some poison given poison administering ring yes <laughs> just like how you know the russians have like radiation um administering ring killing um dissidents all over mm-hmm. and just like you know americans have whatever they're using that we've not yet discovered mm-hmm. to kill people up and down the place mm-hmm. but it's clear that you know that people, going on here. people were getting poisoned mm-hmm. and we never had our Uputa panel that was supposed to be like a Truth and Reconciliation Commission never really got to the bottom of all these things. We have these unanswered questions because Abiola dying like that was not what one would have expected in a situation like that. Mm -hmm. And it it denied Nigerians a good end to the story. Yeah. And this this was a national story. It was one end. Yeah, but What's the lesson that Abiola's life teaches you? You fight for nothing. If you fight, you stand for what's right, you will die. Yeah. And Nigerians learned that. They learned it very well. And now we don't fight anymore. They don't fight for anything. They'll tell you, look at Sarawiwa, 
Look at Abiola, look at Yaradua. What happened to them? Look at that. So you see, we don't have that thing in us that 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 rewards we don't have a narrative that teaches you that standing up for the right thing will be rewarded. Mm. That's why this conferring the GCFR honor on Abiola, in essence, recognizing him as a past president. Mm-hmm. For whatever the reasons it was done, mm-hmm. which I'm sure were political, mm-hmm. was still a very good thing. Okay. It's still one of those things. It tells people that if you stand and fight for your right, eventually there'll be recognition. Mm. It's not the best, but it's better than what came before it, mm. which is that you will die and nobody will remember you. Yeah. So it's a good thing. But that was a lost opportunity. Could you imagine if um, Abiola had walked out of that prison and be present even for a day. Could you imagine what it would do to the psyche of Nigerians? Yeah. I mean, look at what happened Mandela yeah. coming out of prison 27 years yeah. and getting that one term as president. Yeah. It, it, it brought the thing full circle. And these things matter. It's not just optics. It's about the psychology, the psyche of a people. Yeah. You know? And anyway, so that's, that's that. But I think at this point... Um, if you would indulge me, mm. I would make my own thoughts on MKO Abiola a bit clear. Okay. Um, MKO Abiola is a perfect example of people who start badly and end well mm. in the civic and political space. Mm. Um, he sponsored two coups. He was, in that case, when the first coup was against a, a democratically elected government. That's right. Uh, which he had political problems with. Mm-hmm. And this was a very common thing in Nigeria mm-hmm. where people who were in opposition, civilian opposition, mm-hmm. were often either sponsors or parties to or in support of coups that removed their opponents from power. Mm-hmm. Never learning that the military do not hand over power after taking it. But that was, that was Abiola's start politically. Um, his philanthropy... Is undeniable. His contributions to the social welfare of Nigerians undeniable. Uh, when he came back to run for president, that's what got him the victory. Even after his mandate was taken from him, Abiola was still operating in that old mode of I will work with the military and the military will be the ones who give me power. So that's why he was trying to work with Babangidat first, trying to work with Abacha afterwards. But when he saw that they were not going to give him power, because it was for selfish reasons, personal ambition, but he took a stand that other politicians could not take. He was not the first person whose election was annulled. Yeah. He was not the first one. There were others went and sat down. Yeah. But he said, no, this was my election. I won. I'm president. And he was imprisoned for it. Yeah. And when given the choice to leave prison, he, in said, a, no. he just said, no, he did what others could not do. And people like him, even people who I still say are more villains than heroes, mm-hmm. like Yaradua, mm-hmm. need to be remembered for that, that they took a stand against. So even if they came, they were born-again Democrats, they came to democracy late, mm. better late than never, and they took a stand. If, if you're making that excuse for him, then you'd be making an excuse for Buhari as well. Well, I've never... See, the, the mere fact that we are, I've never objected to Buhari running for president... Mm. He started running in 2003, and I never objected to it, was simply because we have to allow for the fact that those who either supported or were part of or led military regimes Mm -hmm. in the past Mm -hmm. 
can be allowed to change their minds and realize that that was not the best. Especially like we said in the first podcast, like the previous episode, mm-hmm. that at the time, military rule was not this universally um, recognized evil that yeah. it is today. Yeah. At the time, in context, a lot of countries in the world had military regimes. Still trying and- there was no clear consensus on this elected democracies being the way forward. Yeah. I mean, some of us could say that we leaned in that direction, we believed it, Mm -hmm. but the jury was still out. In my childhood in the 80s, even people as illustrious as Dr. Nnamdi Azikiwe, the first president of Nigeria, Mm -hmm. were talking about diarchy, which was a hybrid rule of both military and civilian leadership. Like, for instance, diarchy could have been what Zik uh, advocated was a military head over a civilian, you know, so that was Zeke, a politician, like uh, somebody who fought for independence. That kind of technically was what Abacha did for a bit. No, it's what IBB did, and Abacha just inherited it and got rid of it within a couple of months once he was stable. <laughs> yeah. But IBB ruled as a as a diarchist yeah. for about half of his rule. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So um, when we get there, we we have to accept that some of these people came up in a different era mm-hmm. and didn't see military rule as the absolute no-no that we see it as today. Mm-hmm. And But that when push came to shove, people like Abiola stood up to be counted and went to prison for it and died for it, ultimately. Okay, on that note, um, we will wrap up this part two episode mm-hmm. of um, June 12th. It's a special, by the way, June 12th, how the Third Republic Almost. worked. And um, so far, we know that a lot of the things that are permissible in the Nigerian political space today are as a result of the events that led up to and happened on June 12, 1993. All right. So I look forward to the next conversation we're going to have on this podcast, How Nigeria Works. But doesn't. And um, by the next episode, hopefully we're going to move a little bit away from Nigerian politics and the political space. But like we'll talk about something that also still finds a way to tie itself back into like the politics of the country. Because, I mean, politics is life. Yes. It is life. I mean, and everything finds a way to um, come back. Right? Yes, even the word politics means basically the business of a city. Okay, so yeah. see, yeah. So hopefully by the next episode, um, we're going to take a little breather away from this sort of topics. And until that next episode, my name is still Sandra. I am Andy. And you can follow us on social media, Twitter most especially, How Nigeria Works. But doesn't. Enjoy your evening. Bye.